Ooh, I messed that one up, didn't I? Oh. Welcome in, everybody. My name is Mr. Merck of the Bearded Truth, Jason Lyon. Thank you guys for coming in tonight, spending your time with me. Uh, Friday nights. Friday nights are always a good time. Uh, I'm always excited to share this time with you guys as we uh, we peruse through the uh, through the news of the week, cover the politics, the social issues, and everything else that's been going on, and uh, try to try to reel people in and bring them back to uh, to good sane ground on on the terms that the individual is what's important. I want to first give a couple quick shout outs. Thank you guys all for everyone who's come throughout the weeks, throughout the time, and certainly for tonight, uh, to the show. Your support is always appreciated. Uh, your likes, your retweets, your shares, um, those are all so impactful and so helpful. So thank you. Thank you so much um, for those. Big thanks to Muddy Waters Media for giving me a platform to come out here to talk to you guys about um, my views, my stances, and my opinions on things. So thank you to Muddy Waters Media for that. And if you guys want to tune in to us across all of our platforms, across everywhere that we are, you can find us on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, and of course on Periscope, where we do our live streams throughout the week. My shows being on Mondays and Friday nights around 7 p.m. Eastern. You can also find us on your favorite podcast app. Um, you can find us on, on any of them. If you want to find our favorite one to, to have our information released on, go check out Anchor FM because Anchor FM is one of those, one of those platforms that really does help out, um, everyone who makes and provides content. So they're a big help. And so thank you, um, to the people out there at Anchor FM and for those of you who tune into Anchor FM, um, it's always a fantastic time. Uh, seeing our stuff on there and being able to see all the the numbers and, and the growth that we've been going through. So thank you to all the platforms, to all the people. And, and of course, Money Waters Media, you guys are all so, so such great beings, such great entities. And uh, so thank you all. Um, before we get into the news of the week, I do have to talk about, and as Dave Hunter just dropped in the comment there on YouTube land, um, I want to talk about what happened this Wednesday night. So Wednesday night, I went on Spike show. So I was on the My Fellow Americans uh, with Spike Cohen, and I gotta say, I enjoyed, I enjoyed that show uh, maybe a little bit too much. It was it was a fantastic time, and coming here and and doing it just one just me, my camera, and my microphone. It's just not the same. Not having the uh, the quote unquote international Jew with me. Um, so. We'll see what the future holds, but that was a, a fantastic night. And thank you to Spike for, for bringing me on for his one-year anniversary. If you guys didn't catch that live or if you haven't seen the replays yet, go go check it out. Um, and, and while we're on that topic, you know, if you're checking us out on YouTube, if you're checking us out on, on Twitter, wherever it is, Facebook, they've, they've all got little notifications that you can put see first. You know, you can put the notification bell on YouTube. You can actually uh, favorite them on on Twitter or on on Facebook. You want to see our content? We're putting out good content these days. Not that in previous days we weren't, but every day it gets better and better. So uh, get on the train now while you still can um, before we get taken off or not being lefty enough. So. Now that we've got all that knocked out and out of the way, we can talk about what's been going on this last week. So Marianne Williamson, we're going to talk a little bit about her. We're going to talk about what the something that uh, got released. Nah, I'm not going to talk about that. Never mind. Um, there's a bill that is being sponsored by <clears throat> uh, Representative uh, Alexander Mooney. <coughs> From West Virginia, we got to talk about that bill because he's got Thomas Massey on board with that. So when you have Thomas Massey, it's a good bill usually. So we'll uh, we'll use our discernment skills to figure out if it really is. We're also going to talk about the Fourth of July. The Fourth of July was a big day in all in a lot of ways. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about the the military parade. We'll talk about Justin Amash leaving the GOP. Um, so we'll, we'll cover those. And, uh, yes, of course, we'll have to cover Trump's, uh, Trump's gaffe during his discussion governing over that. 
And uh, we'll talk a little bit about the border. We haven't talked about the border in a little while. We've talked about it in, in, in an ideological sense, um, but we'll talk about it in the pragmatic sense tonight as well. And we have to talk about Black Ariel. We got to do it. It's it's one of those required things, I guess, because everybody everybody likes to know what's going on in the world of media, Disney, Hollywood, and and so we'll we'll quickly knock through that. So thank you guys all for being here. I do greatly appreciate it. Um, fourth had an earthquake. It's a sign. Ooh, ooh, there was an earthquake, huh? I miss the earthquake. I miss see. I miss the big news. I miss the actual groundbreaking, earth shaking news. I guess um, too busy stuck on the politics. I'm, I apologize. I'm not a very good host, am I? Mm. But I want to first start off with this bill that that I talked about with uh, from Alexander Mooney, from uh, representative from West Virginia. This bill is called the Second Amendment Protection Act. Ooh, me as a, a, a strong gun advocate, my ears perk up. My my heart starts beating. I might might get a little might get a little drool diggling or dribbling down my mouth um, when you talk about protecting the Second Amendment. Now I'm not I'm not a fan of just protecting it, of course. I'm I'm a fan of restoring it. But I digress. So what is the purpose of this bill? This bill is actually is, is being pushed, and it should be supported, it should be bipartisan support, it should be, um, for anyone who enjoys liberty in any sense, should be something that everyone supports and agrees with. The whole entire purpose here, the entire premise here, is that you don't have to choose which rights and liberties you want to exercise. So right now, as it sits, um, it's still federally illegal for you to have marijuana for you to have a prescription for marijuana for you to carry marijuana for you to um ingest marijuana even if in the state you're utilizing it in um it is legal even if that prescription for the marijuana is legal and so what this bill is all about is about making it to where if you have a medical prescription for marijuana and you're utilizing it within that Ooh, they have a typo on here. Um, <laughs> marijuana has got a J there, bud. Um, that's cute. But <laughs> the, the premise here is that if you have an actual medical um, prescription for marijuana, legally, you're not allowed to touch firearms. Legally, you actually have to sign on there when you when you purchase firearms, when you go through your background screening and everything else. Um you have to put on there if you have a, a medical prescription for marijuana, which bans you from from exercising your right as of being able to obtain and carry weapons and not just for your self-defense, but also for the defense of others around you, especially when your government is trying to become tyrannical in many ways. Uh, we have a question from Periscope, who's like God, 21. So you believe everyone should be armed, teachers, preachers, daycare providers? I believe that you should not be, I don't think that the question is, is should these people be armed? I think the question should be, are, who is standing in their way from allowing them to exercise their rights? Now, you as a consumer, if you have a children and you want to have a teacher that doesn't have, that doesn't carry, I think that, that there's a market for you. If you, if you, have children and you would like them for them to be protected maybe a school where the teachers are armed where the possibility of teachers being armed is something that is allowed and that goes the same for the preachers for the daycare providers for whoever whatever services are being provided um it's interesting to note it's it's important and interesting to note that there are schools already in this country that are private that have never been shot up um, all the while, they have not. They have allowed for their teachers to be armed. They are are well announced that those schools, the faculty and the staff members, are capable of carrying firearms on the premise. Um, so, with these schools never being shot up, I think it's interesting uh, point to bring up within this discussion. But meanwhile, we have 98% of our mass shootings occurring in gun-free zones. So there's kind of this weird thing where we, we open up a market to allow for, for mass shootings for four or more victims not being the shooter. Um, and so we 
we endorse that and we accept that. But when it fails, we just say, well, we need better policing. I think that each and every one of us would be a better police in our own life. I think that that's, that is inherently true with any society in which we live in. Right? You can disagree with the way that people live. But as long as you're not infringing upon others and you're using them for defensive purposes, there's no wrong with that. So this bill, I do 100% agree with it because you should never be in a position where you have to decide on which rights you want to live or utilize or exercise. Right? Imagine if when you were born, you were given a checklist. Do you want your freedom of speech? Yes. All right. Well, you just lost your gun rights. All right, I want my gun rights. I want to be able to protect myself. Well, then you can't speak. Or I want to be able to speak and I want my guns. All right, well, then now you don't have your Fourth Amendment, right? Your right to privacy. If we just sit there as if the government just sits there and decides that, hey, look, you know, there's a medicinal purpose. You got prescribed this drug in order to help yourself and cope with different things. Um, Some of these things are are, don't even have affiliation with uh, with violence or aggression or anything else. Right. You, You have glaucoma. Um, sorry, sir, you, you can't have a gun, right? That's not in the role, that's not in the, in the tenor of what any government was ever created to do, to prevent others from being able to defend themselves. Government's there to protect you, to help protect you, to, um, to allocate personnel in a way that will protect you and your rights and your life. Interesting. Follow-up question. So you think the weapons the common citizens have can match the government's weapons? Uh, I do not believe that our weapons would match what the government has. I do not uh, uh, believe that in any sense. I would like for a restoration of the Second Amendment, uh, with the tenor of the Second Amendment being that the, 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 the general populace, the regular people, the regulated militia, which just means the regular militia, um, uh, in the context of when they wrote those words, should have the armament, should have the firearm, should have whatever it is um, that the military utilizes. So in that in that effect, I, I don't believe that we have the same effects. I think that we can certainly stand a strong fight, um, much like what we saw. Um, oh, blanking on the name right now. There was the standoff 10 years ago, and the standoff was nonviolent, but because the the... The helicopters that came in and the military and everyone who came in, but there was a standoff because the people were there and armed and there were many people there. There was not a a single uh, drop of blood shed and people were able to protect themselves. Hmm. Chris Reynolds, attorney of law, asks, "If if we did have to choose, what rights are most important? Can you rank a few? Um, I think that really... Uh, the right to self-defense, I would say, is the most important one because you can actually defend the your remaining rights there. Um, your freedom of movement, your freedom of expression, your freedom of religion. Um, so I would put on the top your freedom of, of self-defense. If you're able to defend yourself, you could defend your own right to privacy. You can defend your right to say whatever, whatever you want, to practice whatever you want. Um, I would put that one up at the up at the very top. The ability to defend yourself, your life, your liberty, your property, whatever it is, um, that would be up a top tier. Behind that, I would put the freedom of expression. Right, expression. I would I would say that expression coincides with freedom of speech as well as freedom of religion, because in essence, if you look at a religion from 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 the outside not not into the the intricacies of it that is kind of why the first amendment has the freedom of religion the freedom of association the freedom of the press uh and and the freedom of speech um and and so right there right that would be would be secondary um after that I'm just going to be utilizing the 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 uh, Bill of Rights, the original Ten Amendments to the Constitution. I'm going to be going off of those because we can talk about other rights, um, such as the right to be able to ingest whatever you want, right? Owning your property and being able to do with your property as you see fit. Um, but outside of that, right, we get into the discussion of 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 the due process. Due process, I would definitely put up there. 
um, probably right after the expression, uh, because without due process, then we get into excessive fines. We get into um, we get into the privacy issue, which your Second Amendment would hopefully be protecting that. So I think I think just going through it, I think it would be second, first, second, first, sixth, fourth, fifth, or fifth, fourth, eighth. I think I, I think that that's that's the way that I would tier that. Um, but of course, we can always expand into this and actually get into the natural rights discussion. Thank you, Chris Reynolds, attorney of law. Um, if you guys are looking for a great lawyer down there in um, in Florida, Chris Reynolds, attorney of law, everyone. All right. Another comment was the self-defense is subjective. Self-defense is not subjective. If you are, if you feel there's an imminent threat to your life, your liberty, your pursuit of happiness, your property. Um, others can say you are not threatened, but if you're defending yourself, it's not really that subjective. Um, so it, it, it's a, it's a good line of reasoning. Who's like God. Um, but I think it, it, it just falls short once ever you really, really take it apart. But I appreciate the comments. Man. Um, so I want to move on to, the one topic that I'm never excited to talk about because everyone is so divided on it, um, because everyone is, feels so strongly one way or the other, and certainly I have I have quite a bit of feelings um, on this matter myself. But Justin Amash is leaving the good old boy party. He's leaving the Republicans. So if I feel you're threatening my life right now, that's interesting. Isn't a feeling subjective? Yes. Um, if you feel as if I'm threatening you right now, I, I understand that. I, I understand that the problem is, is that you don't go, right, I went out to search for somebody to hunt them down in my defense. I'm sitting here behind a microphone, a TV, or not a TV, but a computer monitor and my webcam. There's not much there for your defense, but when I was referring to defense would be you're sitting at home, somebody's in your house, and you shoot them, it's hard for somebody else to go, he wasn't defending himself. Well, the person broke through my my moonlight or my whatever that window is up on your ceiling, falls through, breaks his leg, and then I shot him because he was threatening my life, threatening my property, and he already destroyed my property. It's really hard to argue against the idea that you're not defending yourself. Um, so I digress, um, with Justin Amash, I will, who is like, God, I'm going to open up the call line at the end. If you want to call in, we can discuss this and really ad nauseum and we can get into the, the intricacies here. I, I enjoyed this discussion. Um, that feeling is fast, is a fast for the person. Um, so with Justin Amash coming out on the 4th of July, the iconic day in which we, the people, uh, cherish treason, we cherish the idea of just destroying other people's property and, and throwing a revolution and fighting against the Brits and, and tearing down the Redcoats, Justin Amash takes a day, takes that day, and makes it his own, and he secedes from the Republican Party. He said the two-party system has evolved into an existential threat to the American principles and institutions. That's something that I was talking about, to give another shout-out, with Spike Cohen, with Spike Cohen on My Fellow Americans on Wednesday. If you guys haven't checked out Spike Cohen yet, why, 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 are you guys, why haven't you guys done that yet? Chris Reynolds was there. Chris Reynolds was there. He could make it. He's busy. He's attorney of law. He's saving the day, right? He was there. I was obviously there. Now you got to get on board with it. But the idea that the two-party system has evolved into an existential threat to the American principles and the institutions. The two parties are becoming synonymous with one another. They're working against your values. They're working against you, the individual. They're battling it out to figure out which ways that they can grow the, grow the, the government. Not in which ways they can provide you with more freedom, not ways in which they can abide by the Constitution, but just ways that they can find ways of infringing upon you. So as he leaves, 
He wrote a long op-ed essay in the Washington Post. And by long, I mean it was like two or three minutes to read. And he didn't mention Mr. Trump by name, but he's said that I've become disenchanted with party politics and frightened by what I see from it. The two-party system has evolved into an existential threat to American principles and institutions. Three hours after it was published, Mr. Trump responded with a personal attack, calling him one of the dumbest and most disloyal men in Congress. The tweet reads as such, Great news for the Republican Party as one of the dumbest and most disloyal men in Congress is quitting the party. No collusion, no obstruction. Ooh, he's still stuck on that. Uh, Knew he couldn't get the nomination to run again in the great state of Michigan, already being challenged for his seat. A great, or a total loser. Well, Mr. Trump, I do have to point out to you, um, as members of Congress, there's there's a couple ways that we can measure them. We can measure them by the ways in which they they fall into the idolatry of their party, and the ways of, of how partisan their partisanshiping goes, um, and the ways that they vote, and the ways that they structure, or we can vote, or we can look at them in the guise of, here's what you're allowed to do within the confinements of the Constitution, here's where what Congress is allowed to do, what they're not allowed to do, and are you going to abide by that? And then on their votes, on their votes alone, we can measure those. And there's plenty of conservative think tanks, plenty of constitutional think tanks, plenty of just think tanks out there that are measuring these individuals. Now, To call Justin Amash one of the dumbest and most disloyal men in Congress, I think is not only a strong, uh, disgusting lie, but it truly shows the ways that even President Trump has become enchanted with the Republican Party. He is more worried about getting people out of the party that disagree with him than being able to have cordial conversation with people, than being able to sit down and and take on his critics face-to-face. Instead, what he does is he utilizes the party, something that he was so proud of, and, and the voters were so proud of it, that he was not a part of the Republican Party, that he was coming in as a big outsider, that he was he was coming in, he was not molded, he wasn't controlled. He wasn't corrupt. He was just coming in and he was coming in on the Republican Party to win and to fight for you, the American people. Despite despite Justin Amash being in for only a couple of terms, that's exactly what he was doing. He came in and he fought for you and I. He came in with a 91% conservative rating higher than any of the people sitting down, uh, licking the boots of Trump, gagging on Trump, and and pulling out the most ornate and intricate theater that you could possibly put on in order to show that they are not anti-Trump. Lindsey Graham comes to mind. Now let's get Lindsey Graham out of there. For sure, but Justin Amash was never that. And just because you may disagree with him on his take on the Mueller report, but look at the rest of his entire time in office. Look at his votes. Look at the way that he structured himself. Look at the way that he explained why he voted the way he was. To call this man dumb or disloyal is to question, I want to question that disloyal part. Who was he disloyal to? He was disloyal to the party. He was disloyal to Trump. Not really that bad. I really don't care if you're disloyal to the party. The Republican Party is not my interest. Disloyal to Trump. Trump has acted and aggressed against my rights, my freedoms, and my liberties. He's aggressed against yours as well. Whether you want to agree with it or not is is really, that's not important. So... You have one guy fighting for you, and you have another guy calling him dumb and disloyal. Good job, Trump. Really portraying yourself in a positive light. So with that, the question becomes, what is Justin Mosh doing? And I talked about this when 
when uh, when Justin Mosh was talking about the Mueller report and was saying, look, there may be obstruction of, of justice there, I'm not saying that he um, <clears throat> that he actually colluded, but I'm saying that there is a potential there. We had covered that. And we went into it quite a bit. And I had said that Justin Amash is going through a political suicide. So what should Justin Amash do from here on out? Well, Justin Amash should use his insider information, right? He's He's got the inside baseball stuff for us. Use that. Take that to the Libertarian Party. Take that to another party. Take that to another group. Take that to the Tea Party. Take that to somebody. Don't put it to waste. Take it somewhere. Teach people. Raise people up and help actually make a movement where we're fighting against this. But he doesn't need to be the front runner. If he runs as the front runner, he's not going to get the votes. So he needs to, to fall back behind the curtain and, and help move the chess pieces. If he can do that, he can be effective and he can still move on and he can still be cherished and, and loved. But if he does what, what many are expecting him to do, and that is to run for presidency it, within the Libertarian Party, he will be turned away. The Libertarian Party is not a constitutional party. They care not for what the Constitution says because in, in many in many ways, they really abide by the Lysander Spooner quote. Whether the Constitution be one thing or another, it is either uh, allowed for the government that we have or it was unfit to stop it. In either case, it is unfit to exist. And so the, he won't move mountains within the Libertarian Party. He won't get people to vote for him. There would be some, but there would be a great divide, and he may even get noted. But I think that Kim Ruff and, and John Phillips may be, may be pulling more populists, maybe pulling more libertarians their way, and they may be the ones to get the nominee. Sure, there's a, a lot more insight stuff that's going on there, but um, Justin Amash would, would, would do well to not be on the ticket, but to help those coming onto the ticket. So hopefully you guys can accept we don't have to agree on Justin Amash. We don't have to agree on his stances. We don't have to agree on his Mueller report. Um, we don't have to agree on a lot of that stuff. Um, but Trump pun punching a guy, kicking a guy, and doing what he's doing, sure, that's Trump. Can you hold him accountable for it? I would like to see that. Especially when the reason why we loved him and I say we as in the Trump base, why the Trump base, why a lot of people who supported Trump supported him because he came in. Honestly, he doesn't sound that educated when he talks. He talks in very simple terms. Um, he, he says he relies on his gut feelings. He does a lot of the things that he just accused Justin Amash for. This is where I, I become the CNN analyst. I become the MSNBC host, and I say he's pro projecting. He's projecting his own insecurities or his own failures onto others, and I'm willing to call him out for it. <sighs> while we're talking about the 4th of July, while we're talking about all of that, the issue of the parade. Those of you who know me know my stance already. It's not your money to give government. Stop wasting it. I don't want to see some grand parade coming off of my dime. And certainly, there's plenty of other Americans that feel the same way. I don't care if Obama did it. I don't care if George Bush did it. I don't care if George Washington flew planes over, over Pennsylvania to cherish the July 4th. I don't care. Stop wasting my damn money. So, the values that have been coming out here, the amount of money that is being spent or that was spent in order to make this happen. You had um, a brigade of, of armored vehicles that carried people, not, tr not true tanks, not combat tanks. Um, you had Air Force One flying over. You had the Blue, the Blue Angels. Right, from the Navy. You had plenty of different people flying over it. You had a lot of, of higher-ups coming in from around the country. You had so many people getting involved and in, in interacting here. You had about 800 to 900 military personnel walking within the ranks, within the parade. You had another almost 1,000 people that from the National Guard coming in, protecting and lining up and, and 
shutting down the streets to make sure that everything was safe and, and, and kosher. You had so many different levels of involvement and so much money that was being used. I really wish that President Trump would would care about how much money is being spent. But he took the $2.5 million from the National Park Services. He took millions and millions and millions. The numbers are somewhere between 12 and, and $25 million for projected cost. We will see in the next couple of days when they actually sit down, tally up every gallon of gas um, and, and everything that, that goes on with it to figure out exactly how much it costs. Now, of course, there was a, a, a giant showing. There's a lot of people that support this. And, and I, could we have tapped them? Could we have, you know, had a cover charge and said, hey, look, you want to come to this parade? Throw us in 10 bucks. Throw us in 20 bucks. Have it be for the people that want to see this thing, right? Run the government more like a GoFundMe. Run the government exactly like a GoFundMe. Government wants to give you health care. I'm throwing in a hundred bucks. I'm throwing in a thousand bucks. I'm throwing in ten million dollars because I'm a millionaire that believes that the government's better at, at providing things than than what the market could. Let that be the way that these things get structured and, and handled. Let's stop let's stop doing it stealing my money from my paycheck, from my labor, from my use, and taking that and putting it into things that I disagree with. I agree with the idea of, of being patriotic. I agree with the idea of, of loving one country and loving the history, which is why I talk to you guys about it so often. I'm right there with you on that. But the idea that we need to go and pat ourselves on the back with a giant showing, because if we don't pat ourselves on the back, who will? Who needs a pat on the back? Be great. Be the best that you can be. Get us out of the endless conflicts in the Middle East. Bring our troops home. And then have them parade on their way home. I would, I'd be more okay with that rather than grabbing people, bringing them from across the country, bringing them in, having this happen, and then sending them back all day. Especially when there was nearly 100 flights impacted on July 4th in D.C. <laughs> uh, I have to read this comment for you guys just in case you guys are listening to this on the audio file on the podcast. Uh, Chris Reynolds, attorney of law, says, Sorry for the awful spelling. I promise I'm not typing on my phone while driving. I'm a personal injury attorney. Stop judging me, Jason. Don't worry, bro. This is a judging judge zone, so you're being double judged. It's... Do you feel personally injured? I, I, if you're, if you feel personally injured by by my judgments, I might have an attorney for you. I might just have one for you. And while we talk about that, while we talk about personal injuries and needing a lawyer, I do have to point out that there was a a wonderful, absolutely beautiful, and intelligent, and and actually to the contrary of all of those things, um, we have a member of Congress that has the idea that we the people cannot criticize, cannot mock, cannot do anything, cannot disparage elected members of Congress. Because remember, boys and girls, we are all equal, but some of us are more equal than others. (laughs) And so with that... uh, I'm pulling up her name because I don't want to get it wrong. Um, yep. But with that, the idea that your your freedom of speech is now being silenced because of who it's being directed at. It'd be one thing if, if Representative uh, Frederica Wilson was demanding that if anyone mocked, we can have a, a more intelligent discussion. But it's just... Those who mock Congress online. So the woman who failed to wear an actual pussy hat, but instead will wear a pink cowboy hat. The the dolt that believes that you cannot mock members of Congress online because her party mocks itself and we just call it out for what it is. Um, this woman believes that you do not have the freedom of speech to be able to mock others. 
if they've been elected. So if you get if you get the popular vote, if you are the uh, prom king or queen, all must bow and your tongues must be bitten. I don't know. I cannot. I can. Oh. This is why I have a Second Amendment, boys and girls. This is why. Because as soon as I get prosecuted for calling her adult, for calling her uneducated, for calling her for for calling her out for violating her oath of when she's supposed to be defending the Constitution and not acting con, uh, in 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 contrast to it, if I get prosecuted for that, people are not going to be very happy. I want to digress into something a little bit happier, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit more joy, something that will spark joy, and you don't want to throw it away. Marianne Williamson, Williamson is going to be making it to the second round of the Democratic debates right now. Right now, she's polling high enough. Right now, she's pulled in enough money. Right now, she has the donations to make her into the next round. I cannot wait to see the monologue of her to Donald Trump. Forget the other challenger. She's already, she's already at the next stage. She's already off in space, on the space station, battling it out with the Space Force against President Trump. She's already, she's way out there, right? So Marion Williamson, she is, uh, she's got the donations, she's got the support, and she's going to be making it out there. So at the end of July this month, at the end of July, at the end of this month, there we go, um, we will be seeing the next set of debates. Um, <clears throat> there is one, she's one of the 14 who have already qualified. And they've got, so that means that we've got six people that are currently not making it. That includes uh, former Maryland Representative John Delaney, Colorado Governor John Hickenlooper, and the good old commie supporting Che Guerrero quoting Bill de Blasio. Not making it so far. Don't call her adult. Say she's exhibiting the behaviors of adult. Ooh. Ooh. See, this is why you need a personal uh, personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds. Uh, because he gives you this stuff. Don't call her adult. Say she's exhibiting the behaviors of adult. I, I will take that into consideration. I will not retract what I said before um, for her. I will, I will, in the future, make the accusation properly in accordance with what you said there, Chris. Uh, I do appreciate that. Uh, don't send me a bill. And if, if you're going to send me a bill for that, uh, I'll just say your name a bunch more times over. We'll get, the, we'll get that covered real quick. <laughs> just have the entire outro just be... Just have that the outro just be me on loop, just saying Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. It'll be beautiful. Get a nice little deep, sexy voice on there. I got a, I got a, a real good Australian who does a beautiful voice, silky smooth. We'll get we'll get him to do it for me. <laughs> uh, so. I do want to cover the gaffe of which I've already mentioned with Trump um, that happened during his 4th of July speech. He had made the mess up where instead of saying ports, he said airports um, when talking about the Revolutionary War. Now, of course, we know that there was no airports at the time. Trump has already come out and blamed the teleprompter and blamed the rain. But just sitting back and reflecting, I remember somebody during the 2016 election who had a pretty silly gaffe, um, and I, it happened to be with Aleppo. Now, that was a justification for both the, the Trump supporters and the Democrats to say, this guy doesn't know enough. This guy doesn't know enough. Because he doesn't know about a little city over in the Middle East that's getting bombed. So if that's not good enough, then explain to me why it's defensible for this mess up. Indefensible to, to get a city wrong. Defensible to get an entire idea wrong by, by many decades. Failing to see the correlation. 
But I agree, not that big of a deal. It was a it was a stupid gaffe. Many great memes. The memes, golden. Thank you. All of you who make great memes, I, I think that if should I become the president of the United States at any time, I will just have everybody line, be lined up to make golden memes that go viral, and you'll get a medal of honor, and you'll get a medal of honor, and you'll get a medal of honor. And and that's that's going to be basically my presidency. You don't have to worry about me signing FISA 702 documents um, or, or FISA bills that allow for the FISA courts to exist. You won't have to worry about me signing on the National Defense Authorization Act, um, continuing where you don't have your rights and freedoms. Um and you can be incarcerated indefinitely without being charged. Uh, you won't have to worry about me signing the Patriot Act where we can actually go in and, and ruin your sovereignty and have the NSA. You won't have to worry about any of those things. You'll just see a bunch of people getting a bunch of honors for making great memes, doing the world a good service. Thank you for that. <sighs> now the topic that I hate talking about talking about why do i hate talking about it it's the border it's the border who likes talking about the border nobody really likes talking about the border because it's just here's here's let me set the stage for you you have one party that says there's a crisis you have another party that says there's no crisis and then an election happens and then now the other side says hey there's a there's a crisis there's a crisis and they're like the part that you're saying is a crisis is not a crisis. There's this other crisis still. And you, so you have these both of these sides going, crisis! And that's it. That's it. Neither one has realized, hey, we can actually do something about this. Neither one goes, all right, can we stop being ridiculous? Can we have some rationale, some, some sanity about ourselves? No, no, no. Never acceptable. So Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez runs down, flies down to... The, the southern border, believe that she went down into Arizona. And while she was there, while she was there, she made a lot of, of accusations saying that um, the inmates, sorry, not the inmates, the those that are detained. Wow, that was a, a fruitland slip if I ever heard of one. Uh, the detainees are drinking from the water or from the toilets. They're being refused service. They're not given um, toothbrushes, toothpaste, or anything else. They're not just provide basic uh, humanitarian needs. And so not to mention, on top of that, um, they're extremely crowded. So they took a bunch of pictures that were illegal, and they distributed those out. And so they did their due diligence. I have no problem with the, the sharing of the pictures illegally. I have no problem with that. I believe in the free press. I believe in the First Amendment. I'm not going to hold that against them. I think that these messages need to be heard out and they need to be handled. I, I believe in transparency. So bravo to Bravo to Bravo to AOC. All right, I said it. Bravo to AOC on, on trying to release some of that information. Now, the problem is, is that a lot of these things are being challenged to their validity. So the pictures, we have really no way of disputing those. Um, but that raises a concern. If there's so many people there in these facilities, in these holding tanks, if we have so many people there, what could we be doing in order to increase the size, handle the, or process these people more efficiently, more quickly? What can we do? Rather than just grandstand and say, let everyone through, let's push out, let's remove section 1325, which is what Julian Castro was talking about from the Democratic debates. Let's just remove that and allow illegal immigration to be legal. All right. So we're not going to solve the problem. We're just going to allow it to, to happen. There are so many things that they could be doing down there, and instead it's just grandstanding and saying the other side is horrible because they don't agree with us. Now, if you have an overcrowding situation, that means that your supplies are going to be running out quicker. That means that you're not going to have as many toothbrushes for everybody. You're not going to have as much clothes. You're not going to have as much uh, vittles or, or whatever it is. And so those have got to get replenished. Those have got to get restored. Democrats just recently 
voted against the idea of increasing the amount of money going down there. So even within the status realm of things, even within within the ways that the Democrats believe the state should be working, they're standing against that. Republicans actually voted for that. But the whole situation just is, is brutal. It's just disgusting. Now, there was um, an ICE agent. What was his name? Uh, Chief Patrol Agent of Tucson Sector Roy Villarreal. He uh, he went through and he actually showed how the the normal process is, and so it's it's interesting. He he came out with this video on Wednesday and actually showed how the sinks and the toilets that are in conjunction with one another, how those function, how the water's safe and it's clean, and he 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 had some transparency there. So. It's really difficult to know which way to believe on this. I think that the overcrowding issue is seriously an issue. So we have to figure out how we can get the government to be more effective and more efficient. I don't know how that happens. We haven't had it in the years of our country, and and I don't see other countries doing the same. Um, But we need to find that issue. We need to solve that issue, and we need to figure out the, the solution or the resolution, in order to reduce the incentive for people to come here illegally. If people come here for economic to become an economic migrant, to come here to work, to provide for their families, to provide for themselves, to live the American dream, and to not infringe upon others, it's really difficult to have a good, sound argument against that. So let's remove the negative things. If you, it, we, we did cover this um, at, at great length on, on Wednesday's show. Once again, with Spike Cohen, my fellow Americans. What a fantastic night that was. Um, so go check that out. Go pick up the podcast. Go listen in um, to that show because that was, that was a hell of a lot of fun. We were planning for, for a show for an hour, and we got to two and a half hours. Great information in there. Great libertarian phil- uh, philosophical ideas. Uh, as well as uh, some good humor, right? We, I got to bag on some people for having trash beards. So go check that out. And we go we go much deeper with the the immigration problem and ideas there. Um, so that that would be a good one for you guys all to check out. Now I've got the phone line up. If you guys do want to call in, I do have that up there. The phone number is eight zero two six seven one five three two eight. Feel free to call in. Um, it's nice. I finally got that memorized. But with that, um, I had I have one more thing that I wanted to cover with you guys. It's on the tip of my tongue, and it'll be there soon. Here it is. Rand Paul. Rand Paul, the, the man from Kentucky, the good senator that everybody loves to hate. Everybody loves to hate. He calls out the Republicans. Now, if you guys have been here for a while, you guys know that I am pro-life. I believe in the sanctity of life. I believe in the protection therein. But we will cover the story in one moment. Hey, Cyrus, welcome in. How's it going, man? Hey, not too bad. He told me to call last time, so I figured I would. All right, man. What's on your mind? Um, not a whole lot. So I was going to make one comment on what you were just saying. Go ahead. In return, in uh, in terms of AOC and her photos, I worked in a lot of prisons. You know, when I was up in New York uh, with Stevens, mm-hmm. if I could have, in fact found a way to sneak my cell phone into the prison, which would have been a very bad idea because I would have gotten fired from my job virtually immediately. But anyway, Certainly. if I could have stuck my phone into the prison, um, it would have been very easy for me to take a bunch of pictures that basically showed, in other words, if I had an agenda, I could have taken pictures that showed white people just, white prisoners just sitting down, enjoying effectively a coffee and reading a book while black prisoners were all of them were being put to slave labor effectively. Yeah, yeah, you definitely could have been very, very picky on how you got things shot. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yes, it's, it's very easy. I could have taken prisoners. 
prisoners of people when they're in the sally port. They get out the van and they get into the sally port. Oh, it's a madhouse. It's an absolute madhouse. You know? Mm-hmm. So, I personally, and I, I'll get out there, that's what I want to say, but me personally, when I see all this stuff, just reminds me of the experience that I had with all that in, in addition. Yeah. No, I, I we really trust anybody on either side of the. I mean, I saw the, and I actually shared it, so maybe I'm guilty here, but I saw the response of the Border Patrol agent. Yep. You know, and I saw the response of the Republicans and everything else. And the question I really have is can we really believe anybody, you know, who says anything about their. I think what is indisputable is the fact that they are all very underfunded. And this problem is 100% the issue of Congress. And that's pretty much it. I think that's where 100% of the blame lies. Uh, and uh, I think Congress, personally, I think he's innocent of all of this. Because he himself has said, hey, we need more funding. Yeah. The agents have said, hey, we need more funding. The Democrats have even said, hey, we need more funding. Everybody has said, hey, we need more support, more infrastructure, and more help down here. And yet, the only person who has done their part has, in fact, been uh, the president, really, because well, the only thing that he can do is say, hey, I need this. Yeah. In Congress, in the meantime, both parties have done absolutely nothing. Well, he does have some of that discretional spending that he uh, loves to not utilize in the ways of, of things that he can use for uh, political expedience or for political gain, like what we're seeing here, where... Uh, you know, he used some of that that political or the his discretionary money to fund part of the wall, but he didn't use any of it on on this situation. So, I mean, very very close and similar situations where he may have been able to allocate yeah. some of it there. Yeah, and I, I suppose in a way it would kind of be like it would kind of be like if you and me and a bunch of people were going to a Fourth of July party, we were all supposed to pitch in. You know, a certain amount of money, mm-hmm. and I was like, and I'm, and the only thing that I brought was beer. So we really needed chairs and a tent and a truck to sit on and everything else. I suppose I could have spent the money on a chair and a tent, but I could be like, hey, I brought the beer. Like, why is everybody looking at me? At least I brought my part. You know what I'm saying? Like, I suppose in, the, in a from a certain point of view, he could kind of use that type of argument. But you're right. I guess he yeah. could have, you know, he could have spent his money on something else. Yeah. But, at the same time, though, when he gave his money to the wall, how big of an issue was this at that point in time? Yeah, it, it, it certainly has has grown exponentially even right. um, in the last couple of months. Um, it, it's right. certainly a big issue, and and I don't see I don't see our Congress ever coming together to make it work, and and that just screams to other topics that that Democrats and progressives have been pushing for, and it's just like. We can't even handle the basic functions of sovereignty of our nation, and you think that they can handle our healthcare? Like, ah, it's it's frustrating beyond belief. And so, um, yeah, I man, I pre- I appreciate your call, and it's certainly great insight there with the uh, with the selectiveness on the ways that pictures can be taken to portray the narrative that you really want to. And so, certainly, AOC would be uh, I would not put it past her, and not being able to trust trust the government versus not trust the government. Who you're going to trust? You know. So I appreciate yeah, it. Man. I'm a photographer. I, I know how I know what it's like to take five thousand pictures and select the fifteen that are good. So. <laughs> oh. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate it, Cyrus, man, and uh, thank you for calling in. Yeah, man. All right. I'll talk to you later. All right. Appreciate it. Have a good night. Thanks. All right. Thank you, Cyrus, for calling in. That was that was that was really some good insight. So I I do appreciate that. And um, so. As as we were talking about, Rand Paul went after went after the Republicans of being fake pro life supporters. Instead, saying that they'd rather spend money with Democrats than protect unborn babies' lives. Kentucky Senator Rand Paul and his father are both pro life. They've been pro life. They've that's been their views. How we get there has always been challenged, and. 
But when you have people that campaign frequently, and I see this in my state, I see this at the federal level, where you have Republicans that come out there, and, and even one Republican was destroying his opponent on this topic, and by pointing out what late-term abortion was, by pointing out what abortions and how they happen, uh, Donald Trump even did that. But yet Donald Trump still stands there and still supports Planned Parenthood. He still funds it. He still signs on to those things. Sure, he doesn't have the line item veto anymore. Um, that's something that's been passed or been long gone since before he came into office. But he could just downright outright veto stuff. So far, the only things that he's he's vetoed was he vetoed against the condemnation of his uh, national emergency for the border wall. And he also vetoed to keep supporting Saudi Arabia in their pursuance of the Yemeni genocide. So not very good tactics there. So President Trump and all these other fake Republicans, Rand Paul has gone after them. Uh, Let me see if I got a good quote here. Sarah Paul says that there are Republicans that are more concerned with spending money than protecting the unborn. Speaking one day after President Donald Trump touted anti-abortion measures at a conference, Paul told Road to Majority attendees Thursday, many Republicans only pay lip service to pro-life backers. I will tell you that we we still lose in in the legislation. Sometimes we lose because the people who come to you and give you lip service and say, oh, I'm pro-life, I'm pro-life, and then they don't seem to vote that way. I'll give you an example. Last year, I tried to attach to a spending bill a prohibition to allow any money spent by Planned Parenthood. You know what? GOP leader sat me down and with one Republican senator said, we cannot have the vote today. I said, why? He said, we might win. When the political gains are worth more than your political promises, somebody needs to be held accountable. And I know that there's a there's a big controversy, there's a big issue here when it comes to these elected officials, when it comes to representatives, right? Sure, you want them to, to work with one another and get these bills passed, and you want them to keep functioning, you want the government to stay up, and you... I'm, of course, not speaking for myself, but you want these things to continue working and functioning the way that they're, the, quote-unquote, designed to. But you need people that are going to stand up and, and say, no. I campaigned on the idea that I'm not going to send a single penny to Planned Parenthood. If the bill has it in there, I'm going to take that stand. Rand Paul has been a an ardent defender. He has been left alone on his own little lonely island, standing against the Republican Party, despite the fact that he has an R next to his name. And it's about damn time that we get him some more support there in the Senate. So with 2020 coming up, with the elections coming up, find out who's going to fight with him. <coughs> pardon me. No, pardon me. Um, so we need to figure out who's going to be fighting with Rand Paul. If pro-life is your issue, if that's something that you are, Rand Paul has, is talking about that right now in pushing that agenda. So make sure you guys tune in to see what he's doing. And of course, uh, Justin Amash, we got to figure out who's going to be replacing him. If he runs on the libertarian guys, probably not going to make it to Congress, and he's certainly not going to be making it to presidency. Um, so we got to see who we can replace good Congress people with, and certainly Justin Amash was one of them. Um, but with that, guys, I'm going to wrap up the show. I appreciate you all for coming in. Thank you, Cyrus, for calling. Um, thank you all for your likes, your retweets, your shares, for going on to these platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, hitting the notification bell, hitting the C first, hitting the uh, favorite. Thanks for the reviews. I know when you guys go find us on your favorite podcast app, you guys are going to go over there and give us a five-star review so that we can get seen and and get more support. So thank you all for for all the support that you guys have been doing. Um, It really is truly appreciated. And um, with that, it's Friday night, so do not drink and drive or ride with those who do. You have family and friends who care about you and love you deeply. They want you guys to, to stay safe and sound. And get back here Monday night to start off the week again with me, Mr. America, the Bearded Truth, Jason Lyon. And with that, have a great night. Stay safe. I'll see you guys soon.